Okay. <clears throat> well, here we go. Oh, let's look this morning at, oh, why, why read the Bible? Oh, oh, you know, I mean, of course, a lot of times we're like, like if you're, if you want to think Alabama and Auburn, I'm an Auburn fan. I'm a, I'm an Alabama fan. This is the reason we do this. I'm a Christian. So, uh, you know, I, I, that it's more to it than that. It's not just, well, this is our brand or whatever. God's word is so important. Let's look down here. Here's Jesus talking to a crowd of people. This is in Matthew chapter 12. Look what he says. At that time, Jesus went on the Sabbath day uh, through the corn and his disciples were and hungered. Now, this is King James. and all. just means they were hungry, okay? And they began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said, hey, look. Your disciples are doing that which is not lawful to do on the Sabbath day. In other words, here's all these rules. But now I want you to watch Jesus' reaction. But he said to them, Have ye not read what David did? I thank God that I grew up in, I was just a Baptist church. You could have been in some other church or whatever. But we had this thing called Sunday school. And I just thank God at least somebody was saying, We need to study what happened in the Bible. And for some reason over the years, we got to the point where we're just saying Sunday school. I heard the story in Sunday school. Well, I know and thank God for it. Many times, though, you don't get all the details in Sunday school. You get some of it. But the way to beat the whole thing is to do what Jesus said here. Have you not read? You read the story for yourself. This was a fantastic story. David was being chased by Saul. Saul wanted to kill him. Saul was the first king of Israel, and you know David is the second one. Saul was acting terrible. Remember, he threw his spear at David while David was playing the harp for him, trying to, you know, soothe him so that he could sleep that night, you know, King Saul. Anyway, David is, I mean, Saul is real jealous. And then you hear this story about how David and his men, and remember, David had already killed Goliath. And they'd already, other stories were, the, the women in town were singing that song, Saul has killed his thousands, but then David has killed his what? Ten thousands. Boy, it just irritated Saul. So that's what started here. David finally had to flee. He had his men with him. He showed up at, I think it's Abathar, the high priest. It might even say something right here. Anyway. They entered into the house of God and did eat the showbread. Now, I don't remember or not, but a few Sundays ago, uh, we were describing what was on this table. And it was called the bread of His presence. That bread is to show that the Lord is there. The bread of His presence. But yet, sometimes today in our life, we'll think, where's God when you need Him? We have the showbread, which means the bread of His presence. Jesus said He'd never leave you nor forsake you. So can you see all the things I've already brought up already indicating you know, that it would be important that we've read what David did. Now thank God, all of us here, including me, we don't go to a church where all Richard does is tell stories about you know, Dustin or his kids or different things. And I like telling what's going on, but we're here to study about Jesus. And the only way to study about Jesus is, have you not read so that's pretty important here. So why Jesus would say that. Uh, let's go next to the book of Revelation. And I'm going to go all the way to Revelation chapter oh, 19. And so in other words, it may seem like it's hard to take time to read the Bible or whatever. First of all, let me, let me just advise you. To, uh, you know, 
try to get away from the King James, unless you're just good at it like me over the years. I, I know what they're saying. You know, hungered. What is hungered? <laughs> they were hungry. They got, uh, and, and don't worry about translations. Wow, one translation's evil over another. No, they're not. I love the Living Bible. It's just like plain old, good old Alabama English, whatever. But there's others, the NIV. Some people say, well, it's the New King James. It doesn't matter. Just read the Bible, okay? Read the Bible. And uh, get these stories because Jesus said, have you not read? But anyway, uh, Revelation chapter 19, and look down here at what happens. And this is so exciting because when we leave this building, I, I, I'm not making this up. Oh, and I, I know everybody in this room knows this. But in uh, Revelation 19, oh, the reason you can be excited about, um, uh, about when you leave here is that you get to take your book with you. And if that's not enough, stop at the Dollar General, pick one up. Or if you have a smartphone, just, it's like, you know, you just search for whatever scripture and your phone, it's already on the internet. You can, you can put, you can search for that story when David ate the showbread on the internet and it'll tell you where that passage is in 1 Samuel. <clears throat> but anyway, or wherever it's located, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's 1 Samuel. Now watch this, Revelation 19, you know this story, and behold the white horse and him who sat on it was true. Look at the details here. His eyes were a flame of fire. Uh, his head were, were uh, on his, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no one knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture. Now, this is Jesus, isn't it? He was clothed with a vesture, or his clothes, uh, dipped in blood. And his name is called, look at this, the Word of God. His name is called the Word of God. So how important is it for me to put gas in my car? Very important, you know. You can't go nowhere unless you take time to do something as simple as that. Same thing's true in your life and in mine. Take time to read God's Word. It didn't say take time to go to church. Because you could go to a church this morning and you're going to hear somebody probably preach about psychology. And the reason some people won't read the Bible, guess what? Because they think the Bible just tells you to be nice to Dustin. I get that. I don't need to read it either if that's what's in that book. I know to be nice. Other excuses are, I've heard that before. I already know about the flood. Well, yeah, but why is Hollywood coming out with a brand new movie about the flood? Thank God. You know, Robert, I mean, Russell Crowe's going to be Noah, whatever. Hey, okay, good. Thank God for it, you know. You read it again and again and again, and as you read the Word of God, things happen. Jesus himself, this is interesting, if he's called the Word of God, you know, then when you read your Bible, you're actually visiting with Jesus. Let me show you something. If we go back to Matthew just a moment. Oh, let's go. Where were we? We were in Matthew chapter, we were in 12. I want to switch to the Living Bible here and let's watch what happens. Let's just say you were reading this because, oh, that's what I was doing here, too. Uh, not Matthew. One second. Let's get back over here. You know, it's amazing. You'll amaze yourself how much you don't know you, or you will have forgotten. You ever watch the DVD over again? I do. I'm going, I never saw that. I, it's like, I didn't even see that in that movie before. That's the way it is with the Bible. And then when you read these things, you are confident that Jesus is going to help you. And believe me, you have to be confident Jesus is going to help you. Otherwise, you're involved in fear. You're worried. And guess what? Your day is fixing to crash. 
All right, now here we are. I'm reading from the Living Bible in uh, John chapter, excuse me, Matthew 14. Let me close this down. Watch what happens here. When Herod heard about Jesus, now what, did he, what had he heard? He heard he was healing everybody. All these miracles were taking place. He said to his men, this must be John the Baptist. Come back to life again. Did you believe Herod believed that? See, Herod didn't believe it was just Jesus. He said, oh no, it's John. I had him murdered and he's come back to life. So, I mean, he's wrapped up in reincarnation and stuff like that. That's why he can do these miracles. Now, I'm telling you, Herod didn't, didn't go uh, thinking in his mind that, you know, Jesus, it's just rare that he does a miracle. Oh no, uh, Herod, if you asked Herod about Jesus, he was like, this guy does miracles. Matter of fact, right before Jesus was crucified, Pilate, when he found out Herod, found out Jesus was from Herod's district, he sent Jesus, you know, bound over to Herod. And Herod was sitting there going, I want to see a miracle. Well, Jesus was fixing to be crucified at that time. And Jesus had already said there ain't going to be any more. You know, if you're looking for a sign, you're not going to get one. <clears throat> but nonetheless... Herod had arrested John and, and chained him in prison on the demand of his wife Herodias and his brother Philip's ex-wife because John had told him it was wrong for him to marry her. He would have killed John, but he was afraid of a riot, okay? For all the people believe that John was a prophet. Well, you know the story, but we're going to read it. But at a birthday party for Herod, Herodias' daughter performed a dance that greatly pleased him. So he vowed to give her anything she wanted. Now remember, what are we doing here? Remember Jesus said, have you not read? We're reading. Watch what happens. Consequently, at her mother's urging, the girl asked for John the Baptist's head on a tray. Oh, man. You know what's so funny? I have seen plays and stuff. I, and I saw billboards and stuff, and they always still to this day, they'll have somebody's head on a plate. You know, they're going, and just, where does that come from? This. Anyway, the king was grieved but because of his oath and because he didn't want to back down in front of his guests, he issued the necessary orders. So John, say, Richard, where are you going with this? Well, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just reading the Bible, but you're going to see something fantastic in just a moment. So John was beheaded in prison. His head was brought on a tray and given to the girl who took it to her mother. Here, Mom. Wow. Then John's disciples came for his body and buried it and came to tell Jesus what had happened. Now, I don't know if you know it or not, but if you'd read your Bible, or if you go, you're reading it, okay. As you read your Bible, you're going to find out that John the Baptist and Jesus were kinfolk. Yeah. Mary went over to Elizabeth, that's John the Baptist's mother, that was her cousin. <clears throat> anyway. As soon as Jesus heard the news, he went off by himself in a boat to a remote area to be alone. Oh, yeah, well, can you blame him? I mean, gee, a fellow soldier of his gets killed? Ah, oh, tripping Jesus out. Well, no, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're talking God here. Remember, Jesus is God. Watch what happens. But the crowd saw where he was headed and followed him from many villages. Followed him by land from many villages. Now watch what happened, okay? So when Jesus came out of the wilderness, a vast crowd was waiting for him. And he pitied them. Can you read that? And he healed their sick. You feel bad this morning? Are you hurting anywhere? I mean, do you think this crowd needed to know whether or not Jesus was the Messiah? They already knew He was the Messiah. Let me tell you the reason they showed up. Because He was healing them. And no matter else was wrong with them. It was being fixed. This Jesus is real. 
That evening, the disciples came to him and said, hey, it's already past time for supper. There's nothing to eat here in the desert. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy some food. Well, you know what happened next. You having a little financial trouble? wonder how many people in that crowd knew what these disciples knew already going, oh my goodness, we ain't got anything to eat out here. But I tell you what, when you're with Jesus, you're being fed. You are. It's the most important thing you can do is to read your Bible. I mean, or be thinking about what... You can play these games. As you read the Bible and you're being bombarded, this is what I do. You got worries and troubles or whatever. <clears throat> you can do this in general. I used to do this with my kids. Tell me a miracle in the Bible. Dustin would say, you know, the flood, whatever. Something happens, you know, whatever. Or, or Melody might say, you know, the blind man was healed, you know. And Joy would say, you know, Lazarus is raised from the dead or whatever. Well, we're thinking about things from the Scriptures. And while you're thinking about those things about the Scriptures, the Bible said, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. And while you're trying to remember your own little trivial question about who is that disciple that hung out with Jesus all the time? And you're trying to think, what's his name? It's a four-letter word. Uh, uh, John. While you're doing that, all of a sudden, your worries have fallen aside. God fixed whatever your problem was, and you avoided all that downtime being afraid. It just works. It works. Anyway, Jesus replied, it isn't necessary. You feed them. What? So look what they said. They said, we have exactly five small loaves of bread and two fish. Bring them here, he said. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass, and he took the five loaves and two fish. He looked up in the sky and asked God's blessing on the meal. Wow. And they broke apart the loaves. They broke the loaves apart and gave to the disciples. Uh, let's see. Yeah. And they gave, the, anyway, they gave them to the disciples to place before the people, and everyone ate. I mean, you're not going to catch this stuff unless you read. And how many have ever heard this lie? Well, the boy that had the five loaves and two fishes, and everybody noticed he was sharing, so everybody shared. And so it was really not a miracle. Everybody just was being kind. That's baloney. It was a miracle. It was five loaves, two fishes. Jesus created abundance out of that and fed everybody. Praise the Lord. Look at that. And when the scraps were picked up afterward, there were 12 baskets left over. That's why I expect Jesus to do the same thing every day for me, no matter what. I mean, yeah, it looks like things are poor. Yeah, it looks like you're not going to be able to pay your taxes. Yes, it looks like your job's acting up. Yes, it looks worse. Oh, I'll, I'll give you this. I got an email from, because I was down, government-wise, I was down to, our contract was going to be up at the end of this month, Bob. Got an email this week from my boss. Said, we've been extended six months. And I thought, praise God, hallelujah. Because that's what I was asking for, you know. I mean, I, I pray for our, our work, you know, that we do at work. Because we got other people that are fixing to run out of funding. And then, of course, mine was fixing to come down to an end, too. And praise the Lord, just so happened. Why, what a coincidence. You're extended until August. I'll always get extended. Well, Richard, you're just lucky. I, well, I will say I'm lucky to have Jesus. I mean, if you want to call it that, but Jesus is who's responsible for this. And I'll tell you what my responsibility is. Just like we read, Jesus is telling all of us, have you not read? Have you not read? And I'm like, praise God, I have read. Like I said, you can read your Bible on your smartphone. It, it, oh, it, sometimes I get a little bit 
oh, I can't go fast enough as I can with a book or whatever, but we got these little cute ones. I mean, this one's written in Spanish, but you know, you've got multiple ones of this. Melody called the other day. They were giving these out at, uh, at Alabama, and I said, because some students are, are just stupid. They'll get handed one, and what do they do? They'll throw it in the garbage. I told her, I said, everyone you see laying on the ground, I said, pick up. Of course, she knew that anyway. Oh, but get you a bunch of these. Bibles are cheap. Oh, mercy. There's big ones everywhere, you know, and lay them around all over your house. Not to show that you're so holy, but just to show that, hey, there's one in reach and I can grab it and read it when you're not doing anything else. Praise the Lord. But anyway, notice this. About 5,000 men were in the crowd that day, besides all the women and children. So you do the math. 5,000 men, they didn't count any kids and women. So how many of those you think were there? At least double. We'll just say double. Okay, it's 10,000. Yeah, but we know better than thinking everybody just had one kid, you know. Well, now you're looking at 15,000. It could have been more. It doesn't matter. It was a miracle. Verse 22, after this, Jesus told his disciples to get in their boat hmm, and cross to the other side of the lake while he stayed uh, to get the people started home. Then afterwards, he went up on a hill to pray. Night fell, and out on the lake, the disciples were in trouble. Wow. For the wind had risen and they were fighting heavy seas. So about four o'clock in the morning, Jesus came to them walking on the water. Now don't go any further. Just think a minute. They were in trouble. Where was Jesus? He was coming to them. He leaves the 99. I'm telling you, I, I know we think we're alone sometimes. But let me tell you something. Jesus is on his way. He's on his way. He knew they were in trouble. Like I say, do, do I just read this thinking... Wow, golly gee, he's the Messiah. No, I pick up on this. The disciples were in trouble. Well, you know what happened next. They see him and it scares the living daylights out of them. They screamed in terror for they thought he was a ghost. Jesus said, assuring them, don't be afraid, he said. Peter called him and said, sir, if it's really you. Now, this is interesting if you think about this. Tell me to come over to you walking on the water. Well, I'm the holy one. I can't do that. No, Peter knew if that's Jesus, I can do it too. And he'll tell me. And what does Jesus say? Come on. Now remember, it's still stormy out there. But Peter had a moment of, that's the Messiah. That's the Son of God. He loves me. I'm going out there too. And he steps out there. But when he does, all of a sudden he has that moment like we do. Everything's going great. And all of a sudden you go, ah, it's windy. But he, I want you to watch how he corrects himself. All right, the Lord said. Come along. Can you imagine that? So Peter went over the side of the boat. <laughs> Don't you know the other disciples were just speechless? They were probably like, I should go too. You never know. And he walked on the water to Jesus. But when he looked around at the high waves, see, for some reason we think it was calm. Man, this was raging stuff. He looked around at the high waves. He was terrified. Now watch how he comes back. And beginning to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. The King James says, well, I think this one does too. It says immediately. Well, this is instantly. Look at that. Isn't that something? Instantly. How quick is Jesus going to help you today? Well, when are you ever going to get around to saying help me? Instantly, Jesus reached out his hand and rescued him. Oh, took him to heaven. This is a, there's no heavenly thing about any of this. 
Peter, you could just say, was stupid enough to get out of that boat. You know, I mean, that was dumb. Well, not really. He knew, I mean, Jesus was stupid enough to walk on the water. Did they have to rescue Jesus? No, uh-uh. Look what he says, oh man of little faith. No, there's got to be something more to it. No, there's not either. It's faith. It's faith. You've got to trust Jesus. He's there. Revelation 3 says he's standing right there at your house and mine today. Why did you doubt me? And when they climbed back in the boat, the wind stopped. Now that was a praise report. I mean, all of a sudden, oh my goodness. Well, the others sat there. They were all struck and they said, you really are the son of God. Anyway, they landed at Gennesaret. See, we're reading the Bible, aren't we? Watch what happens. They landed at Gennesaret. The news of their arrival spread quickly throughout the city. And soon people were rushing around telling everyone to bring their sick. (sighs) Why would I worry about getting a cold right now or having a sore throat? Why would I worry that I couldn't get help? That's ridiculous. The same Jesus that was here is right with you. And what happened? Anyway, uh, telling everyone to bring their sick to be healed, the sick begged to be uh, to let uh, to let them touch even the, the the tassel of his robe, and all who did were healed. Praise God! Well, what am I going to do with all that stuff? Praise the Lord! Well, let's go over here just a second. Look what uh, uh, John says about it. And then we'll close. Watch this. And what's so funny is I don't have a I don't own this. I mean, I don't have a corner on the market because Richard's so talented. I'm just, I've just been reading my Bible. <laughs> You've got the same edge I do. You'll never run across something that says, this doesn't work. Oh, no, never. Look what, now this, this is not the gospel, John, but it's the same guy. Now watch what he says right here. Let me close this down. Oh, John says, that which was from the beginning, which we've heard, which our eyes have seen. See, he was there. He was on that boat. Which we've looked upon with, and our hands have handled. Of the word of life. He calls him the word of life. John called him, you know, uh, and his name was written on the side and it was called the word of God. Jesus said, have you not read? You could just completely turn over your worst day by going to Genesis chapter 1 and reading, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I watched a documentation when man was going to the moon, a NASA film, and it was so interesting. It was on Discovery Channel because my dad was involved in NASA. I'm a NASA kid or whatever during those times. When they rounded the backside of that moon, they said they were coming back around, and all of a sudden you could see the earth in the distance. They were all scrambling for their cameras. And in one of them did this. I was so proud of them. One of them said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's NASA. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Well, I knew that. Those men knew that. They were so uh, um, affected by Jesus and God in their life when those three men who never, ever, nobody in any existence other than God and the angels have ever looped around the moon and come back and could see in the distance the earth. The NASA, the, the astronauts were saying at that moment, the focus wasn't on the moon anymore. It was on the earth, it was just so stunning. And we see that picture today. You can see the moon in the foreground and you can see the earth in the background. But I was just so, you know, it, it means something to me that they said, uh, you know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But see, the same thing's true in your life. If you'll take time, just go back and read Genesis again. I mean, like I said, they're fixing to make a movie about the flood. Uh, I, you know, you could go back and read about that. It's very interesting what took place. 
all. But anyway, if you go back to Genesis and you're reading the creation, it's like it's very detailed. In the first day, you know, whatever, night and day, whatever. Praise the Lord. When you start thinking, that's the reason in the book of Psalms that I need to stop here. The book of Psalms will tell us over and over again, you know, when you're faced with trouble, David would say, the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. I mean, if he made everything and we know he did, he'll fix your problem today. Why's my eye? My eye's a little blurry. Don't worry about your eye. God will fix your eye. Ask him to. I mean, what is it I could think of to bankrupt God? Well, I need a little money. He put every ounce of gold in this earth. Praise the Lord. He gave, he gave everybody on this earth the smartness that they have. Well, that guy's just real smart. He's real smart. I just I wish I was smart. God has the ability, and He will, to make you and I brilliant. I was talking with somebody the other day, and, and I just had this idea, and I thought, praise God. I, it's a miracle I knew to think about that. And I was just thankful I knew where I got that information. I just God just said, well, why don't you do this? This will work. And I'm like, oh, praise the Lord. Well, let's stop. So the key is, Jesus said, have you read? And we're going to read. Father, we thank you. By your stripes, we're healed. If any of us are not feeling good today, anybody even listening to the broadcast, whatever, we just thank you. You'll make them well. Same thing's true financially. If we're hurting financially, you will fix it, just like someone was mentioned about a check in the mail. Glory to God. That's right. And if it's not money, and if it's not uh, uh, healing or whatever, just some other problem. It's just a burden on our heart. Oh, we know you'll get us out of trouble. Just like we read a moment ago, Jesus saw they were in trouble, and he came to them. We know you'll get us out. That didn't leave anything left but for do what, just like the Bible's doing, telling stories about Jesus. What has he done? Lord, we give you praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory.